0: I want to welcome you back for day four of our look through 2 Peter chapter three. Peter is telling us all through 2 Peter about how to have the kind of faith that will last. And one of the keys to that that we're seeing this week is looking forward and not backward, looking forward with hope. First, he's told us to realize that scoffers will come about this. So don't let that, don't let that bother you and keep you from looking forward because God is patient. God can be trusted to keep his promise. You keep hanging on to that scoffers will come, and now he turns to the truth that Jesus will come, to the promise that God will keep. In verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Then the heavens will pass away with a terrible noise, and the very elements themselves will disappear in fire, and the earth and everything on it will be found to deserve judgment. He says here, Jesus will come. Now, this is not the picture of 1 Thessalonians, the rapture that Paul talks about, what will happen to believers. This is the picture of what will happen to this earth, this world system, this place where evil resides. He's going to do away with it. Of course it has to be done away with. Now, God's not going to do away with us. Human beings last forever, either in relationship with God in heaven or separated from God in hell. We last forever. But he's going to do away with this world because it is an evil place. This day will come, he says, like a thief. It will come unexpectedly. He also says it will come with a roar, with a fire. It will come obviously. Jesus comes unexpectedly, but he does not come quietly. All will see at the second coming of Christ, and all will change. All on this earth, he says, will deserve judgment because the way of this earth is a way of selfishness. It deserves to be judged. It deserves to be done away with, and it will be one day. All evil will be done away with. One day, God will close the books on this evil world and begin the eternity of a perfect heaven and earth. And that is what I'm looking forward to. That's what you're looking forward to. When he talks about it, he says, it's the day of God, this day of a new heaven, a new earth, a day of a world that's filled with God's righteousness. Now, how do you do that? How do you look forward to that? in the way you think, the the songs that you sing, well, that's part of it. But the primary way in the New Testament you and I are told to look forward to Jesus' second coming is by how we live. You look forward to the second coming of Christ by how you live. Verse 11 to 14, Peter writes, since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, Looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along, On that day, he will set the heavens on fire and the elements will melt away in the flames. But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth, he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. Peter's very clear here. You'll look forward by how you live. He talks again here about the heavens on fire, the elements melting. That can be scary to some people. It's only scary if you're holding on to the world system that we have now, if you're holding on to what we have now, and it's not something I want to hold on to. the pain, the suffering, the hurt that's in this world. I'm glad that it's going to be done away with. I'm glad that God's creating a new heaven and a new earth as He has promised. And so Peter says, "Since you know what you're looking at now isn't going to last, why would you live for that?" Live for what's going to happen. Live holy lives. When you see where this world is headed, that should cause you to lessen your grip on the worldly. The truth of the second coming, it shows us that this world is a shaky place. And if the instability of the world is all that you see, you've missed the point and you'll just feel fearful about this. That's not the point. We also need to see, Peter says, I want you to see that the new heaven, the new earth, that is a solid place, unshakable, a place you can trust in. I want you to listen again with me to verses 11 and 12. There are three words at the end of these verses that are a real surprise. He writes, Since everything around us is going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives you should live, looking forward to the day of God and hurrying it along. Those three words, hurrying it along. Another version says you need to speed its coming. What do you think that means? Is the Bible saying that you can do something that moves the time of the coming of Jesus Christ closer? It absolutely is. We speed its coming. We hurry it along somehow. The way that the church witnesses for Christ in some way speeds the coming of Christ. The way that you live a holy life for Christ and are an example so that people can come to know Christ, in some way that speeds the coming of Christ. Because he's not going to come and tell everyone who is meant to know him has crossed that line and knows him. And you and I are his witnesses. You're the ones, I'm the one who are bringing people to Christ. So he says, live holy lives. If you think that no one cares about your character, it goes unnoticed, you're wrong. Your character in some way impacts God's timetable for eternity. That's how important it is. That's what forward-looking faith does for you. Now, the reminder here is the purpose of prophetic truth. The purpose of prophetic truth is not speculation, but motivation. Now, I know we speculate sometimes about when the rapture is going to come and the millennium and what it exactly means when it says every eye will see him. I understand the speculation about that, and it's okay on one level to do that, but if that's all we do, well, it's a sin to talk about these truths of Jesus' second coming with just intellectual curiosity because the Bible so clearly tells us again and again and again, That this truth has to affect the way that you live. Sometimes we need to move off the program committee for the second coming of Christ and get on the welcoming committee, welcoming Jesus coming again. Instead of trying to figure out how it's going to happen, all the details, rejoice in the fact that it's going to happen and let that change the way you live your life today. Hurry it along. Now, in practical ways, what does that mean? What does it mean to hurry along the second coming of Christ? Well, in the second coming, He's going to create a new heaven and a new earth. And that's where we're going to live for all eternity. So in one sense, it means that you start now to live the truth of heaven in your life. You live forward. You live towards that truth of who you're going to be. So in what you pray, Jesus taught us to pray, that things would be done on earth as they are in heaven. You look forward to that eternity of perfection and you pray now with that in mind. That's what it means to hurry it along. You also do it in what you do. You live holy lives now as we're going to live holy lives in heaven. Peter's saying, since you're going to live this way for all eternity, why not start now? Why waste any time? Why waste one more minute living for what's not going to last? Start now to live the holy life that you're going to live for all eternity. In what you pray, and what you do, also in what you say. You point to God now as you will in heaven. You're going to glorify God for all eternity in heaven? Glorify him in your life today. It will glorify God. It will also potentially bring somebody closer to faith in Christ. Peter begins to talk about that in verse 15. In verses 15 and 16, he says this. And remember, the Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. Speaking of these things in all of his letters, some of his comments are hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different. Just as they do... With the other parts of Scripture, and this will result in their destruction. So Peter has a quick word here about false teachers who are twisting what the Apostle Paul wrote. This is a fascinating comment where you have Peter talking about the writings of Paul. Also, did you pick up on the fact that as Peter writes about these writings, he calls them Scripture? He says they twist them just as they do the other parts of Scripture. So here, even at the very beginning, Peter is recognizing that the way that God worked through the life of Paul in writing that letter, it is Scripture. And he says that he and Paul agree. Well, obviously, the Holy Spirit's also writing through Peter here. So they obviously agree, because the Holy Spirit is never going to disagree with himself. They agree that God's patience is there to give people time to be saved. Now, if God is waiting for more to be saved, and he's asking you and I to work to hurry along the return of Christ, the most obvious thing we can do to hurry along this return of Christ is to be involved in His work of bringing people to Himself. So how can you do that today? That person that you prayed for yesterday, if you were listening yesterday, how can you keep praying for that person? And then how could you take the next step of courage and say, Lord, not only am I praying for them, I'm also praying for an opportunity that you might use me in their life to say something to invite them to church, to invite them to know you, to invite them to the truth, to be a witness. Tell God you're scared, but ask him to use you because that's one of the ways that we speed its coming, that we hurry along the coming of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, as we pray, we ask that you'd help us to live forward-looking lives. In what we pray, in what we do, in what we say, help us to live forward, to look forward to the truth of heaven. And Lord, this person that we're concerned about, that we want to see come to know you, Lord, we pray that you'll speak to them. We pray a bold prayer that somehow you might work out a circumstance that you'd use us to speak to them. That they would say something, they would ask something, that a circumstance would come up where we could give them a word of faith that would lead them towards you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to end our study of this book of 2 Peter with Peter's encouragement for you to grow in your faith.